Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, it's Larry Sharp here, host of the Sharp One Show here on WYSL, W-E-N-Y. E-N-I, am I recording the Patriot, and also W-A-C-K, Newark, New York. So happy to be here. Your lunchtime, A Free Solution. Reach out to me, 585 3-4-6-3-thousand. Yes, back again. Some of you heard me yesterday on my uh, special Monday uh, show. I guess it popped up to say hi. Is that a cameo? Maybe I feel like I'm cool like uh, Stan Lee. Rest in peace, Stan Lee passed away a couple years ago. Those of you who don't know who Stan Lee is, founder of Marvel, right? The comic book company. Anyway, why am I so excited today? Because eh, I'm excited every day. But still, I'm excited because the vaccine's coming? No, not the reason why. I am glad, by the way, that people who want the vaccine will soon be able to get one. Good good for them. Very happy. I'm unsure I'll be one of those people. I'm unsure. But I'm glad that people who want it can get it. I'm excited for a different reason. It's going to sound crazy. But I'm excited because people in New York City are getting angry. Yeah, that's a good thing. We're finally getting angry, not at our neighbor, which is who we're usually mad at, but we're actually starting to get mad at the shutdowns in the government. Can you believe that? New York City not begging to destroy itself. Hey, not a bad day. And I think the funniest part about that is one of the bigger reasons is because snow's coming. You may say, wait a minute, Larry. Snow's coming. That's the reason? It is, because what's actually happened here in New York City, and for some of you across the state, this may ring a little bit true because there are some similarities here. In New York City, they've shut down all indoor restaurants because that's evil now for some reason. And while that's bad, of course it's bad, it's worse now because for those who've shut down indoor eating, knew it was coming, They've actually, in New York City, created these little houses outside on the street, and you can eat in those little wooden houses. So they spent all this time, all this money, on building out these little houses and destroying what little parking we have in the city. And then, now, the government comes by and goes, oh, these exterior houses that you basically built, these, these structures, there's regulations on these. And you got to now do this or pay this fine. So you've spent all this money to build this stuff. You're losing money on your restaurant inside. I'm now hammering you on rules and regulations for what you built outside that I told you to build. There's no more parking so people can't drive to your restaurant anymore. And we're still okay, except now snow's coming. So now snow is coming. You have to take those things down. Because <laughs> we have to plow the streets. That is what's driving them crazy. You've got to now. Now we got to, you take them down or change them because there's so much snow the roofs might collapse. So now you've got to either rebuild the roof, 
get rid of the roof, which means you can't have anybody there because there'll snow on their tables, or just get rid of them totally because we have to plow the streets depending upon what street you're on. Because if we plow the street with that there, there's no way for the cars to go because there's no place to put the snow. So you spent all that time, all that money, all that energy, paid all those fines, take it down, cause snow. And now the restaurants are like, that's it, that, that's it, I'm done. Now I'm gonna start protesting. Now I'm gonna start getting upset. Now I'm gonna start going crazy. You, you should have gone crazy a lot earlier. I'm just saying. For those of you who know me, I was very forward. Nine months ago, when this was first beginning to happen, I said openly, if I was a retail store owner or restaurateur, I'm staying open no matter what. I'll follow all the rules and guidelines, but I'm staying open. I'm not shutting down no matter what. Well, Larry, they'll come by and they'll find you. Okay, I'm going bankrupt anyway. What are you going to do? It doesn't matter. For those of you who don't know, up to 54% of all restaurants in New York City will never reopen. Never. They're gone. Ball game's over. Some of these are iconic. Some of these are restaurants that have literally existed for 100 years or more. Gone. Because of a self-inflicted wound by our governor and local, well, more really our governor. Gone. Never coming back. Tens of thousands of jobs, thousands of livelihoods, wiped out. Not coming back. I would have stayed open. Larry, they're going to fine you. Fine. Fine whatever you want. $1,000, million dollars, a bazillion dollars. Doesn't matter. I'm not paying and I'm going bankrupt anyway. See you in court. Take cash. Stay open. They'll, they'll lock your door. Okay. Cut the lock. Go back go back up again. They'll put you in jail. They're going to send me in jail and I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to sue the city. Great. You gave me COVID. If I don't get COVID... You still give me three square meals in Rikers. Eh, I'm not paying for my meals. The taxpayer's now going to pay. What's the downside? You'll get a criminal record. I'm going to have a bankruptcy on my record anyway. Who cares? Does it really matter? There's no jobs to be had. I'm a restaurateur. I, there's no jobs to be had. I'm on the dole no matter what. So let me just let me just make some cash before you completely destroy me. And if you think I'm exaggerating, then you don't know what's actually happening in this state. Because there are a lot of restaurateurs who feel exactly like that. And you're seeing them do desperate things because they're in desperate situations because the government has put them there. And then they're surprised. How dare you be surprised that people act desperately when you put them in desperate situations crazy but no people say larry you know what it's the science larry you just you know you just don't want people you want people to die that's your problem all right well well let's talk about the science for a second whatever science you want whatever you believe here's a data that most people would accept since the summer more people have gotten the disease, the virus, from eating at home. Home spread. 74% home spread. So the idea is shut down the restaurants so more people eat at home? What? 
That's the science. The science. Most people get it from eating at home. So we'll create rules that make more people eat at home. Because science. Because we care. See that? And by the way, these are stats that, that Governor Cuomo, sorry, I apologize, His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II, oh, hail the king, that he has deemed to be true coming out of his own mouth on his own cool PowerPoint presentation that he gives us every day like we're third grade students. See? 74%. You people, you New Yorkers, you're not doing the right thing, so therefore daddy's going to punish you by making you eat in more. I guess that makes sense. To him it does. To him it does. Let's shut that down because reasons. Because the reality of it is because it's all he can shut down. And he's got to do something, right? I've got to be in control, right? Always remember, when it comes to doctors, it's do no harm. When it comes to government, it's show your power. Under any and all circumstances, show your power. And this is what he's doing. By crushing people who can't fight back. By crushing people who now have no money. And they're unable to fight back. Their will is broken. And now, when they do things wrong, they'll start getting arrested, going to prison, going bankrupt. And so now they'll all be deemed as criminals and losers. Criminals and losers. Self-inflicted wound. And the response, of course, is always the same. More taxes. More pain. An increase in revenue. Boy, does that sound nice. No, increase in taxes and fees that will send more people running out of our state. More and more run out of our state. As His Majesty decides, none of it matters. If it all goes to rubble, as long as I rule the rubble, that's all that matters. Well, I don't want us to have rubble. I don't want to rule the rubble. I want us all to rebuild this state to what it could be. And we can. And we'll talk about it when we come back. Larry Sharp on a free solution. Give me a buzz. 585-346-3000. Back after the break. A free solution. If you are upset by what we have done, be upset at me. County executive did not do this. The village mayor did not do this. The city mayor did not make these decisions. I made these decisions. It's not your local elected official. I know they caused disruption. I know people are upset. I know businesses will be hurt by this. Maybe more than hurt, uh, your majesty. Maybe a bit more than hurt. Larry Sharp here of Free Solution, host of The Sharp Way. Please check me out on all the internet things, Facebook and uh, Twitter and YouTube, The Sharp Way. Here on W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, The Patriot. And, of course, W-A-C-K, Newark, New York, not New Jersey. Give me a buzz, 585-346-3000. Now, I talked about the idea of most of the spread being at home. 
they might say, well, Larry, that means we need to be like be wearing masks at home and stuff and all that kind of stuff. Is, is that what you're saying? I'm not. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is it means that all the things that people are saying are working outside are starting to work in the actual restaurants. So the restaurants were doing the right thing. They were changing their, um, their filtration systems like they were asked to do. They were you know, keeping people six feet apart. Uh, they were keeping masking rules. Uh, they were changing how often they clean and disinfect. The restaurants were actually doing the right thing. That's what that shows. It doesn't show that you know, people in the houses are crazy. It shows that people in restaurants were doing the right thing. The actual spread, I'm sorry, the actual um, um, infection rate in restaurants, 1.4%. 1.4%. That's not bad at all. That's really good. So restaurants spent the money, took the time, did the things, paid the taxes, paid their payroll taxes, their sales taxes, and all those things, and they got punished. See, do the right thing and get punished. Do the wrong thing, eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How do I know that? Because 55% of most of the new spread that's out there, right, some of the news that's out there now, outside, outside the house, is from big, spot, big box retailers, the Walmarts of the world. Yeah, that's where most of the stuff comes from outside of your house. So what should we shut down? Huh, everything except big box retailers. That was, that's what we should keep open. Because again, do the wrong thing, eh, what are you going to do? Do the right thing, oh, I'll teach you. I will teach you a lesson. What's wrong with you? Restaurant to a small business owner. How dare you be in my state? I wish what I was saying wasn't a joke. I'm trying to say it in a funny way to kind of lessen it a little bit. But it's a big problem. And you've heard me talk often about the idea of allowing people to be people. I repeat it all day long. I wear my libertarianism on my sleeve proudly and openly let people be who they want to be you do you i'll do me and life will be good i don't just mean that on an individual level i also mean that on a business level on a professional level on a governmental level let people be themselves because if you don't guess what they'll be themselves they're still gonna be themselves either way, but they're either gonna be themselves underground or in a black market, or worse, they're gonna hate themselves because they can't be themselves and they're gonna become self-destructive, which hurts everybody, which hurts everybody. So how do you fix this, Larry? How do you fix the fact that 74% of the spread is in people's homes? How do you do that? It's going to sound crazy, but number one, stop lying. Yeah, stop lying. And if you're not sure, say you're not sure. Here in New York City, they screamed at us. Oh my God, the subway is going to be a super spreader. The schools are going to be super spreaders. Nope, none of them were. Totally wrong. 
Did they did they come back and say, whoops, we're sorry, or let's change things? Nope. Shutting down schools. They're shutting down schools. They're shutting down all the things that are not super spreaders. The kids aren't getting it. They aren't spreading it. It's not happening in schools. Schools are one of the safest places to be. So what are we going to do? Send the kids back home. Because 74% of the spreads at home? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I have an idea. A crazy idea. Let schools stay open that want to stay open. Local places that want to stay open, let them. And then be transparent on what's happening. So you'll know what the real spread is. You'll know if there is such a thing as a super spreader. I'm unsure that even exists. But maybe it does. We'll find out, won't we? Not this way, we won't. No, we won't. I'm saying now we figure this out now. I was asking for this nine months ago. Fine. I couldn't get it nine months ago. I asked for it six months ago. I couldn't get it then. I asked for it three months ago. I couldn't get it then. Give it to me now. I'll take it. And I'll stop complaining. I will shut my yap if we just start it now. Because the sooner we start it, the sooner we can end this. They're talking about this staying in this format in some way, shape, or form for another six months. That's the end of our state. Literally hundreds. I'm, I'm being, I'm, let me be realistic. We're going to lose a million people next year, by next year, if this keeps going. From this year and next year, we will lose a million people from our state. New York State, in the next two or three years, will go under 15 million people. Imagine that. From 19 million to 15 million. Think about the devastation that will bring. New York City will go from 8.5 million to 7 million. Think about the devastation that will bring. Already, finance is leaving us. Already, big business is leaving us. Already, people are packing up and going and not coming back. Let people be themselves. Make New York State the bastion of freedom that it should be. That it could be. That people always imagined that New York City was. That was what people imagined. That's not true. But that's what people imagined. Let people come to New York City to make all that big cash and then take that big cash and spend it upstate New York. And then the people who don't want the rat race lifestyle of New York City can get the amazing lifestyle of upstate New York. And we can actually respect each other. I'm asking us that in our time of fear and worry, that we don't use the stick to hit things, that we don't lock down more, that the reverse is true, that the answer, the solution, is not a lockdown solution, but, yes, I'm going to be trite, a free solution. A solution of freedom and liberty for the people with transparency always, with honesty always, those two things are required. Integrity and transparency are always required, and they have to go along with freedom. But then, Larry, people will scam. Nope. Fraud is still a crime and should be. Is a crime and should be a crime. Lying is a crime. It should be a crime. You can't, you can't you know, tell your um, customers that you're doing X and you're actually doing Y. That's a crime. If you're doing X, do X. 
And now the customers, they can decide if that makes sense or not. The only good thing I really like about the vaccine is that we're having multiple vaccines. That gives people choice. I'm happy about that. I wish that was the norm, right? I'm happy about that. That one I'm good with. I hope we have more options so that people will take the, the, the vaccine that they believe. But why can't we have the same thing in how we handle this virus? The virus is real. That's true. The response from government is unrealistic. The response from government is fake. But the virus is real. I don't want to say it isn't. Totally real. How we've responded is an embarrassment. Now is our chance, right now, to open up. And here's the worst part of it all. If we don't, and if government continues to crack down, two things will happen. One, people will pack up and leave as they're doing already. And two, people will rebel. Both are the wrong answer. Both are the wrong answer. So I'm asking you, me, all of us, to speak out more and say, all right, I'm not asking for government help. I'll take it if you're going to give it to me. But I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for you to leave me alone. Let me go to work. Let me go to work. How can you not let me go to work? If I'm a restaurateur, I can't have my business? I say you can. That's the real solution. You go out there, make things happen. Larry Sharp here on a free solution. Thank you for letting me have part of your lunch. I'll be back after the break. Free solution. I've come on the most urgent of business. It is said that the people are revolting. You said it. They stink on ice. Yeah, I think that's what our governor thinks. They stink on ice. Yep. I think I kind of stink on ice, too. He's not happy with me and, and probably not you. And I'm I'm Larry Sharp here, host of the Shortway Show. Happy to be here on WYSL, W-E-N-Y-E-N-I. Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and of course, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York, here, a free solution. Reach out to me, 585-346-3000. I promise I will not bite unless you ask. We definitely are the party of consent. If that's your thing, whatever floats your boat. Before the, the break, I talked about the idea of a free solution. I was kind of cheesing with the, the idea of a free but there is a part of that that the government actually encourages, right? There's an old saying, the government breaks your legs and then we thank them for the crutch they give us, right? So that's part of what's happening now. The government is slowing us all down, shutting down our businesses, shutting down our state. And what do we do? Hey, can we please get a handout so that we can survive? We need, we need help so we can survive from your punishment. Can you please give us some some of our money back uh, from all the punishment you've given us? And many people think that's the only answer. And I get that. And we may be at a point 
to where that is an answer. And I hate to say that. You know I'm a libertarian. I can't stand the idea of the government coming in. But I'm being realistic here. Maybe that is part of our solution. And I pushed for this, again, nine months ago, was an actual solution that would have kept us rocking and rolling, kept us moving even though it would have hurt. And that was the idea of the three-half plan. Now, what's a three-half plan? Right now, what we had was a, was it a, a $2 trillion um, stimulus package we had this summer, and a trillion of it went to cronies and big businesses and NPR and stuff like that, right? Museums or whatever. And some came to us in a check of what, 1200 bucks, whatever that was. We got a check for 1200 bucks. And now this would be a $908 billion package, so half of that. So what do we get, 600 bucks then? We get 600 bucks to keep us for the next six months, whatever that is. That's not what I want. I actually want the government to not write us a check. And that sounds crazy. But I want the government to help us by not giving us a check. This is the plan I had, again, nine months ago. I know you keep hearing me say that because I don't want you to think I'm a Monday morning quarterback. I was talking about this months ago. It's called three-half plan. First thing I want the federal government to do is to make a, a rule, an edict, a law. You decide how you make it happen. We seem to be able to make laws and pull them out of our derriers now, so do it again. But this one I want you to say that no financial institution may demand payment for six months. None. You have a financial institution in the United States, you may not demand payment for six months. So now six months, you, me, restaurateur owner, whatever the case may be, does have to pay the bills. Meaning credit card bill, insurance bill, um, mortgage, insert thing here. Not required to pay that for six months. All right, now we got breathing room. I got six months breathing room. Okay, but I'm still not done. All rent, if they want to, all rent, half. Right, so six months is half a year. Rent is half. If you have rent, you may pay half rent, regardless of the agreement you've made. Half rent for six months. You might say, Larry, how can I as a landlord survive on half rent? Well, you're not paying your bills. That's why for six months, you're not paying the mortgage on your property. You're not paying your credit card bills. You're not paying your insurance. You can, you can survive on half rent. Of course you can. You can survive on half rent. So now you can survive. Now people can stay in their homes or stay in their apartments without having to move back home with their parents. They can stay. Last half, you may pay someone half salary. No matter what the agreement is, union or not, you may pay them half salary. Larry, how can I survive on half salary? You're not paying your bills for six months. Your rent's half for six months if you're paying rent. You're paying mortgage, you're not paying it. You can survive on half salary for six months. It's not easy, don't get me wrong, but it's survivable. And if it's survivable, that means you can stay in place and now change and shift and adjust your life. What must schooling become now for you and or your family? What must your business model become for your business? What must your job become? What must it, how must it change in the next six months to survive this? Do you need to change your job? Should be looking for a new job now. Well, now you can. Someone's got to pay you half salary. They could deal with it. Do you need to move? Well, now you can move because wherever you're going, you're paying half. 
You got a shot. You can do something. You can survive without being desperate and scared and ready to throw your hands in the air. You don't have to shut your business down or or leave your home. But Larry, all this money the, the banks aren't getting. Yeah, that's true. All the financial institutions will be will will lose six months of of dollars. And this is where the government comes in. Because the government simply goes, okay, financial institutions, show us your paperwork and your documents showing how much money you're gonna lose in the next six months. And they might say, Well, Larry, that's a lot of work. Yes, that's what banks do. They have actuaries. They're not collecting your money anymore, so they've got time. They're on payroll already, and they're paying them half if they want to, and those people aren't paying their bills either. So you know what? Do the numbers. Crank the numbers out. Use your actuaries and your banking facilities to figure out how much money you're going to lose in six months. Bring that back to the, uh, the government, and the government goes, okay, this is how much. We buy it or we don't, whatever the case may be. We accept it. We negotiate back and forth. We write you a check for half, and the rest of the uh, Fed makes magic money and gives you the rest. Larry, you're a, you're a libertarian saying that you're, you're agreeing that we're going to have more debt. I know. It's bad. But it's that or destruction. And at least if we can keep the businesses open and the people moving forward, we can rebuild this and pay this debt back. And more importantly, in my eyes, there's no cronyism. The banks are going to get bailed out. We've already shown that we're going to do that no matter what. You can get mad about that and hate it as I do. It's still going to happen. They're going to bail out banks no matter what we do. So just bail the banks out straight and have actual numbers back and forth. You can see what they're talking about, how they're making their money, and they got to come clean on their books. They don't want to come clean on their books. They don't get paid. You don't get your bailout. Come clean on your books so we can see it. You get your money. You don't, you don't get paid. Well, they're going to come clean. They come clean on their books. We give them the, the cash they want, and no other cronies get paid. No airlines get paid. No, 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 um... Um, museums get paid, no friends get paid. It's just a bail to the banks and everyone else just keeps moving. But Larry, what about those places like hospitals and such? We're still paying the hospitals. We're still doing those things because your life is still going. You're just paying half. But you're still paying because they're paying half. So everybody's paying half or nothing if you have a, a mortgage or insurance. You're not paying your bills for six months. You can now survive. This is an actual solution that I called for nine months ago, that if we have done that for six months in March, we wouldn't need a bailout by August. If we'd have done this by March, right now, we'd be like most of the world, still surviving and functioning in this COVID environment. And COVID wouldn't be as bad because we would already know what to do to protect those who need to be protected. We wouldn't have sent 7,000 people to their deaths in nursing homes in New York State and how many tens of thousands across the country. About 40 to 45% of all deaths from COVID have come somehow out of a long-term care facility. That wouldn't have happened if we had followed my, my idea. We wouldn't have all this. And whenever the vaccine would have come, it wouldn't have been politicized because we wouldn't be clamoring for it. We would get it the right way, when we want it, how we want it. It's weird how even the solution I came up with, which did, which did include government this time, was still a free solution. 
based upon us being free to survive and stay in our world and adjust as we see fit. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Larry Sharp, host of The Sharp Way, here on our free solution, back after the break. A free solution. You don't wear a mask for yourself. You wear a mask to protect me. I wear a mask to protect you. You could literally kill someone because you didn't want to wear a mask. Wow, you are now a murderer if you don't wear a mask. Yet I've seen more than one picture of His Majesty outside without a mask. Our governor, is he a murderer? Is that what he's saying? You can literally kill someone if you don't wear a mask. You can kill someone many different ways. But I guess the mask is all that matters. Unless you are His Majesty, all hail the king. In which case you are immune. For those of you who don't know, if you are part of the elite of New York, you are by default immune from covid in fact, if you're the elite across our country, you are by default immune uh, from COVID. You can have um, all types of uh, fundraisers and such, and more than 10 people, you are immune. Thank you so much, Your Majesty, for showing us the way. Yes, Larry Sharp here, host of The Sharp Way here on WYSL, also WENY, ENI, Elmira Corning, The Patriot, and WACK, Newark, New York. Thank you for giving me an hour of your time. 585-346-3000. I want to bring up something as I talked before the break about another solution, a free one, of course, that would help us out. The reason why I bring up this is because this war on COVID reminds me very much of all the other wars that we have on things, the war on terror or the war on drugs, whatever the case may be. All we do is hammer, hammer, hammer. The wars last forever. The war on terror now is 20 years old. The war on drugs now is about 50. And we just keep going on and keep going on. And things don't get better. They just get worse. Until eventually we realize maybe we've just got to stop. Trump recently is talking about pulling out of all the wars that we've had in the war on terror. Yeah, because it's not working. So even he realizes, like, you know what? The, the, the past three presidents have been doing this. Maybe it's time we stop. Yeah. Not just that. The war on drugs. Cannabis is legal in how many states now? Every place that we talked about it, it, it that it was up uh, you know, for a vote, it won. Cannabis has won the war on drugs. Maybe it's trying to stop this too. Right? In all these cases, what we do is we use government agents to attack neighborhoods, uh, to attack areas, to make people criminals. To make people desperate so they can't find jobs because they're being you know hammered by government agents in some way shape or form so now they have to do desperate things and become criminals sounds like our restaurateurs doesn't it sounds like a lot of people right now doesn't it people doing desperate things people doing whatever they can because government's hammering them what have we learned from the war on terror and the war on drugs i hope we've learned, I could be wrong, that in the long run, just hitting people with a hammer doesn't work. Does that mean there shouldn't be law or there shouldn't be people hammering? Of course there should be. Is that what I'm saying? I'm saying when that's your only tool, that doesn't work. 
the beatings will continue until morale improves is not the only way of making things work. In fact, that way doesn't work. There's got to be some way of giving people redemption. There's got to be some way of allowing people to, to get out of the bad spot they're in. Any good system, professional, personal, governmental, doesn't matter. Any good system has to realize there will be people who will screw up, mess up, and make mistakes. And it has to be prepared to get those people back in action in some way, shape, or form. Ours don't do that. I was just put the screws down harder and harder and harder. So I'm asking us to learn, which I hope we did learn, from prohibition. Didn't work. We had to just eventually go, you know what? Fine, drink. From the war on drugs, eventually we're just going to have to accept fine, smoky weed. That's going to happen. But the same thing with COVID. At one point, we just have to say, fine, go live your life. Go live your life. Now again, don't get me wrong. With alcohol, we didn't just go. We didn't. We didn't just go. Okay, that's it. Just drink. We made rules on drunk driving. We made rules on the age. Right. We we did create environments to where there are some rules and regulations that culture accepts. That if you look at the average liquor store, it does a good job of. Right. Not every liquor store, of course, there's bad ones, of course, but most liquor stores do a very good job of checking ID and. And, and having their license and doing things right. Of course they do. Most do. The war on terror. As we begin to remove ourselves from these wars. Does it mean we just shut our military down? No, of course not have a military. But we have a realistic military. That makes sense to defend us. I'm saying from the war on drugs. We're starting to legalize and decriminalize cannabis. There'll be rules on that, too. We already have them in California and in Colorado. I'm not happy with them. But fine. We've got them. Let's take it. We'll make rules on that, too. Why can't we do the same thing with this virus? Let people live their lives, but just have realistic guidelines on how to live your life. Go live your life. What you've heard me say a thousand times, and I'll keep saying we have to be able to survive in a contaminated environment. Where is Americans' resilience? Where is the resilience that made us strong? From, I was going to sound trite, but from 1776 till now, what's made us powerful is not that we've had the biggest or the strongest or the baddest. That's not why. That's helped. But it's because when we were hit, we got back up. When things got bad, we kept going. They smacked us on Pearl Harbor and we got back. They smacked us on 9-11 and we got back up. Well, now it's like we don't want to get up anymore. Now we just want to lay down and wait for somebody to help us. Al Sharpton wrote a book years ago, in the 90s maybe, I don't remember when it was, when he was trying to become president back in the day. And it was a part of the book that was really good. And it was one part where he writes, you know, you, you, some of you are mad I'm, I'm quoting Al Sharpton. But as I always say, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt to include Al Sharpton. He wrote a part where it said, if you push me on the floor, that's on you. But if you come back later and I'm still on the floor, that's on me. And he's right. And my worry is, 
the way we're responding now is we're expecting Americans to stay on the floor. And we can't. And when we try to get up, the government puts their boot on us and says, no, 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 you stay down. You stay down. And at one point, we have to throw the boot off. And the most important to remember in this is, is that the government is still us. The government agents are still us. The cops, the ATF, the sheriffs, state police, they're still us. And at one point, they have to stop too. Now, I know it's hard to ask a law enforcement officer to go against the, the grain and not do his job or her job. I get it. I know it's hard. So I'm not actually asking them to do that. Because particularly in this environment where jobs are not going to be easy to find, am I asking someone to go against their best interest for their family and for their livelihood? It's a tough thing. I wish they would, but I get they're human. My father was in law enforcement. I get it. I'm asking for the seniors to do it. I am. I'm asking now for the actual sheriffs, for the actual police chiefs to start saying, we're not doing this. No, go live your life. We're not doing it. Because if the police chiefs do it, then the juniors are safe. And the cop on the beat or the state trooper or the actual deputy can go, I don't have to do this now. Thank you. Thank you. And if that cop or sheriff or correctional officer, whoever loses their job, they're in trouble. If that sheriff does, that's bad, but they can usually recover. They're, they're more senior. If that police chief does, it's bad, but they're more senior. And the odds are they won't. If enough stand up, I'm asking for the seniors in law enforcement to stand up and say, let New Yorkers live your life. I know many are. We need more too. We need more of our law enforcement seniors to understand that solution for this crisis is not the boot, is not more laws, is not more aggression. But yet again, the solution for this is freedom. Yet again, a free solution. Larry Sharp, host of The Sharp Way Show. Please follow me on all the internet things. The Sharp Way, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those cool things. Thank you so much for giving me your lunchtime. I will talk to you on later on this week.